Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a mother to two small kids, coach, writer, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here today, whether it's your first time listening or if you're a repeat visitor, just so glad that you're here. A couple of months ago, I was doing some feedback interviews about the podcast to hear what people wanted more of or or less of. And one of the things I heard about a lot was that people wanted to hear more about how some of the principles that I share in this podcast are applied, like how they actually help real people in real work situations. And I took that to heart and I'm really delighted to share a conversation today with Erin Karkner. Erin is a licensed mental health therapist who spent eight years working in nonprofit and school-based settings before making a shift into a private group practice. Based in Portland, she's an active member in her community and spends her free time with friends outside walking or hiking and dreaming up the animal sanctuary she hopes to have one day. I was delighted. I had the honor to be Erin's coach through her last major work transition. And so today we're going to talk about the ins and outs of that shift for her and what enabled her to get to a much more balanced place in her working life into a role that um, it sounds like is really a great fit for her right now. So I'm really looking forward to sharing just Erin's heart and insights with you all today. But before I bring her on, I want to just ground us in our opening invocation. So wherever you are, you can just sort of take a deep breath into your belly, settle into your seat or standing wherever you are as you listen as I read these words. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures that we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. So Erin, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Megan. I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) So I just want to give people like a really quick overview of the timeline just to like settle that those questions in their mind before we dive into some of the ins and outs of how you actually made this shift. So um, correct me where I'm wrong, but as far as my notes and memory say, we started working together in like December of 2020 and you were at that point really ready to seriously explore leaving your full-time role in mental health at a school setting Mm -hmm. and then we worked together pretty diligently throughout your decision to leave which you ended up doing in September of 2021 so about nine months Mm -hmm. in that vein and then after that you took a couple of months off to just sort of integrate and catch your breath I know you were exploring some other options um, and then a new role in this group practice that you're in now came together in the spring of this year 2022 so overall a sort of fluid transition process of about a year and three months is that right yeah it's a lot longer than I was thinking but yes (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) so so when we started together in December you were like really clear that something needed to shift that things were 
you know, um, feeling tough. I know you were having like some manifestations of stress in your body and it was affecting the rest of your life. But can you talk a little bit about some of the feelings or ideas or just the signs that you were getting at that point that made it clear that it was time to make a meaningful shift? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, like you said, I was absolutely starting to, um, I was starting to experience the, the main shift really came when my doctor told me, yeah, your blood pressure, blood sugar, all these things were higher. And I, that was sort of the stopping point. But before that, I would say, um, the signs were definitely what I like to tell people is that I felt like a shell of myself, um, Mm. in the world. And I knew that was not a way that I wanted to live and engage and exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how were you able to start, like, what did it take for you to take that really seriously and actually begin exploring making a change? Like, was that difficult for you? I find a lot of people maybe are feeling that way, but it feels too hard to even entertain anything else. But was that easy for you to do? Were you used to making big shifts? Like what was that decision like when you said, I need to take this seriously and really explore something else? Yeah. Um, yes, it's, it's, I'm someone who does (laughs) take a while to, to shift. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, I knew in myself I needed to do it. Um, but yet my job that I was currently in was also draining me so much that I didn't feel like I had the emotional capacity. So I wasn't sure of how to, so I just kept talking to friends about it. And honestly, that was when I learned about you and I was like, I knew right away. I was like, I need somebody to help me with this. I need somebody to help me. Um, so yeah, it was very difficult. I, I felt like I could only get to a certain Um, I could only get to a certain point by myself. Um, I knew eventually I would make the shift. I was concerned I'd only make a lateral shift, just kind of sideways, but not fully, you know, taking the leap into something that would have really truly aligned with me and my core values. So, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so natural to when we're in that uncomfortable place, it can feel like the only option is to make a lateral move or like, oh, if I just get out of this organization, it will be better or like out from under this manager or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but you made a pretty significant shift and we can talk more about this in a few minutes, but like really did the long, slow mm-hmm. <laughs> work of like <laughs> yes. evaluating what you really wanted next, which is hard to do when you are still in this full-time, very demanding job that's feeling really draining. So yeah. how was it for you to like begin exploring something else, even though you're still needing to show up, you know, yeah maybe not a hundred percent but as much as you can as much as I could yeah yeah like how what was that like because I that's another place that I think people find to be really sticky is like how do I I have limited energy how do I put what I need to in my current job 
and also devote some to the exploration of something else? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah. Well, I think that when one knows it's time, just by virtue of that, there is some little pocket of space in there. And it's sort of about how to um, just be with be within that pocket of space somewhere in your day. And so it was, un- I mean, I'll just say up front, it was uncomfortable to, but not bad uncomfortable, it was good uncomfortable. Um, because I remember our sessions would be in the middle of the work day. Um, and I just had to, I was able to finagle things so that I could protect that time. Was I worried someone was going to knock on my door? Yes, <laughs> but no one ever did. And, um, you know, it was, I mean, while we were in, in our sessions, I guess I should say. Um, so it ended up, but it, I guess I just want to say it is tricky. And on one hand, it is tricky. And on the other, um, I just believe there is, there is a way most often, um, even if it's uncomfortable to try to carve that space out. And I guess that's logistically emotionally. Um, it was actually a relief um, to know that I was tapping into that twice a month, you know, with Megan and then on my own a little bit, it kind of helped actually put a little more wind in my sails to finish in the current job, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just knowing it had like a place yeah. Like a container. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I remember when we first started, your intention was really around like health and, and embodiment that it sounded like there just needed to be this initial like grounding and that you had a lot of intentions around like a morning embodiment practice and feeling more in your body in the workday and mm-hmm it sounds like that was sort of one of the foundational places. I remember that was one of the foundational places where we started just sort of getting you re-centered. But what were some of the early tools or resources, maybe not even in our work together, but signs or um, supports that you started noticing that started to build up that momentum a little bit to get clarity around, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, I'm going to leave. Here's when I want to leave. Here's what might be next for me. Like, do you remember any of the initial things that you did to start gaining some momentum or clarity? I think what was really key was, you know, something from your manual of, there was a step in there. Oh, two things. Um, And one of them I still think back on actually a lot, but was sort of the visualization piece of, of really imagining putting sort of um, meat on the bones, so to speak of this vision of what would embody my values and what I could actually visualize as an actual next job and actually feeling that in my body and getting kind of excited about it and knowing that it must exist Um, and knowing that, and then also the other piece of actually going out, um, and talking with, um, you know, at that time there was a, an equine therapy, um, uh, a couple of people who were getting interested in building a group. And I thought that was the direction I was going to go. And so actually going out 
and having conversations, even though that didn't end up being the thing I did, it still like stoked the fire because I felt it again. It wasn't all only in my head. It was in my body and I, it was like shifting my whole, mm, I guess, paradigm, nervous system, whatever. I was starting to get used to this idea um, and made it feel more real and um, grounded. And and then things just kind of started to make sense. Like, oh, summertime, it started the path forward just kind of started to materialize more as I did, as I engaged this vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much for bringing in the equine idea, the thread that you followed there. I think a lot of people feel pressure to like not waste any time or energy on possibilities that might not come to fruition. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is such a good example. And I believe this too, that if it's not really about what the thing is, it's about permission to explore. And again, like putting your body in a different place with different people in a different situation that feels right to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the equine thing didn't end up being the next thing, but I think it absolutely was pivotal in your process because it did open up other um, awareness around what could be possible for you. And it also showed you and showed your subconscious that it's safe to explore, that it's safe to expand beyond the job postings or the things that you've always done, that there are other options out there. Um, So I'm really glad you brought that up because I wasn't going to ask about that specifically, but I think it's such a good example of how important it is to just let ourselves follow the threads that are here right now, even though we're not sure if they're going to end up being the next thing. Exactly. And I feel like you really encouraged me in doing that. And there was, yeah, it, it absolutely opened me up. I fully yeah, I fully agree <laughs> with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, things unfolded and appeared when they needed to appear. Um, and yeah, it was very much a necessary part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were doing all of this work together and it just became maybe in part because of the nature of like the school year cycle that you were in, it it just became clear that you didn't want to do another school year or commit to that, knowing that you had this desire to leave. Mm -hmm. But when you decided to leave, there wasn't like a clear next job, you know, (laughs) right. (laughs) And we worked through a lot with that. And I want to come back to that in a moment, but that was one of the, scary aspects of leaving, right? Like yeah, low yeah. income and insurance and like, mm-hmm. what, what am I doing? But what were some of the other like scary parts of leaving this familiar thing, even though in your heart, you knew it's what you needed? Um, what were some of the like obstacles that came up as you got closer and closer to September and giving notice and you gave a long notice period too? Um, I did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So what were some of the tough parts of like giving notice and actually committing and then leaving. Yeah. Putting myself back in that for a moment. Um, I think one of the things, one of the hardest things I would say was I was very 
close with my um, colleague, the nurse practitioner in the clinic I worked in. And I was just, I knew it was okay to leave, but I felt bad for leaving her because we were a tight team um, dealing with, you know, a lot of really difficult and challenging situations, not just with the, our clients and patients, but with just within the school. And, you know, we were just, and so I felt not like I was betraying her, but just like, wow, I know she's going to be okay, but this is hard. Um, and I'll always remember the day that I told her, um, which was hard, but good. Um, I would say also just this idea of what, you know, the voice of what a minute, what I'm 44 years old and I'm leaving a job and I don't know what I'm going to do next. And what, you know, that, that sense of being irresponsible or who am I to think that I can do this? And, you know, that, those sorts of voices, um, felt hard. And I would say just the whole thing about, you know, I I had a job with the County and it's like, Oh, the golden handcuffs and like Mm. people thinking, Oh, you're leaving and you could have had purrs and you know, Mm -hmm. all these things. So, um, and yes, the time of especially leaving, not knowing what was next. I never did that in the past. Um, and it just felt completely foreign and like I said, kind of irresponsible, Um, but then, but also something I'll just say real quick, something about it also seemed very right. Um, which is why I I could end up doing it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I would say those are the things that stand out as being scary Mm -hmm. that were scary. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that stood out to me when I was looking through my notes again was, um, you know, we were talking about like the lead up to you telling your manager and you talked about how there was this like cultural ethos. And I think I'm sure this is true in many, many organizations that because you're leaving for something quote unquote easier or less stressful that you like just can't hack it. Mm, And mm -hmm. you had this very (laughs) clear sentence. You were like, it's actually not that I can't do it. It's that I'm choosing not to do it for my help, for like, this will literally cripple me (laughs) if I stay in this place. And just this, like, I think that was a really, I don't know if you remember it, but I remember you being like really empowered as you said that, that, that that was a really important reframe that you don't have to like slink out of this role ashamed because you just couldn't hang in this difficult place that really wasn't giving people like all organizations don't really give people the support they need to be successful in these really demanding roles. Um, And that it can be so helpful to remember that like this was a choice and it doesn't mean that you couldn't do it or that you weren't effective while you were there or that you're just not tough or whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that just really stood out to me that you, I think you left on different terms maybe than you would have even a few months ago. Oh, for sure. Powered place. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause as you're saying it, when you read it, how I said it, um, I felt it all over again. I was like, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so true. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it was absolutely clear. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, still is. Yeah. 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 So do you regret leaving or regret making the change? Oh, no, 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 no. I miss, I miss my colleague. Like I said, um, I do miss her. I mean, we're still in touch. Um, and I miss, there's things I miss. Of course, there's, there's a lot of sweet things about being in a school, um, which is why I could stay for so long. Um, but no, there is not one ounce of me that regrets moving on. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you left without anything solid really lined up. You had some mm -hmm. ideas. Um, mm -hmm. And can you talk a little bit about, so we concluded our work together like around September when you ended. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we touched base again in October, but there was, there was a time where you were sort of integrating and um, moving through on your own. So I would also love to hear like, how you kind of bridged the gap between your full-time role and where you are now, mm -hmm. logistically, emotionally, financially, like what was, what were those five, six months like? Yeah. <laughs> when you, when I hear you say it, it's like, yeah, wow. Five or six months. <laughs> um, yeah. So initially it was only going to be one. <laughs> right. Right. And um, by the end of that month, I was like, no, I, this is no, I'm not done. I, my body, my mind, my spirit need more. And I also, I guess, logistically, um, you know, for me, I've, I've, I've lived a pretty, um, I guess you could use the word frugal, but, um, I had quite a bit of, um, money saved up for, you know, different various things. And my living situation was, you know, not costing as much relatively as, as others. And so I had, I realized, oh, I actually think I'll be okay to take more than a month and yeah, I'll be fine. And I, I know I'll get a job eventually. And I don't know. I mean, to say it now is like, wow, I was really, <laughs> I was, yeah, I felt very much at peace with, with this. So, so financially, yeah, I, I did, I was able to do it because I had funds saved up. Um, and then it was kind of one of those things where, you know, December rolls around and I'm like, gosh, well, and I was thinking that the equine thing was going to happen. So that was all kind of in the mix. I thought, okay, it's coming soon. So I'm going to be starting soon, but then it never really came to fruition. I did end up what, in January or so, or maybe it was the end of December, I started doing the BetterHelp platform just so I had a little bit of money coming in. And that just kind of soothed that part of me that was like, ah, I'm not, you know, this is too long without any income. Um, but it really wasn't much. I did as much as I wanted to do and I made that work. Um, so, yeah, um, and I, that, that time I will never, I do not regret taking that much time in the least. It was what it was supposed to be. I took care of some of my own health issues during that time that it was actually a blessing to not be working much, um, as well as, um, my partner was also struggling with, um, serious health stuff. So anyway, it just, um, 
Yeah, it was a very, I didn't realize it, but it was a very much needed um, period of time for various reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I have yet to reflect on all the ways that that um, informed and shaped me and sort of helped me to let go and shed some of that scarcity sort of mm-hmm. paradigm mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. and how did so the equine thing never sort of materialized but you did in your description of how you got into where you are now it did sound very organic and aligned and perfectly timed, which has been sort of a theme for you, I think, Mm -hmm. since I've known you, that um, I think you're someone who has enough faith or trust in the way life unfolds that you can sort of hang on until it really feels like the right time, whereas many people, myself included, sort of like force things or push things because the waiting is so uncomfortable, but Mm. really waited and didn't at least from my view, didn't really panic into something else. But can you talk a little bit about how the practice that you're in now sort of unfolded and how you knew it was the next right thing? Yeah. Um, It's very not glamorous at all. (laughs) It was, um, you know, I was just really just looking at Facebook one night and I'm on a private Facebook page for mental health professionals in Portland And I saw some, you know, someone made a post um, about, you know, this is, I own a group, I'm looking to hire another clinician. Uh, This is what I'm about. And I just, there was something about her vibe through her post that I just was like, huh, something's really clicking here. And so I went to the website for the group. Um, moving forward, staying present is what it's called. And I looked at it and I was like, goodness sakes, wow, this, this, this really aligns like just, just what values she was putting forth, Maria, um, the owner, um, in what she said about the group, what they're about. Um, and so, and she wasn't actually looking, she wanted to hire someone. This was what in maybe February or something of this year. And I was like, Oh gosh, for different reasons, logistical reasons, medically it's like, I'm not going to be able to, I wouldn't be able to start till April. Is this even worth writing to her? Mm-hmm. But I just thought, Oh yes, it is. And what's the worst she could say? Yeah, I need to hire someone now. Not in, you know, I can't wait. So I wrote and sure enough, she said, <laughs> she said, well, I'm willing to wait for an excellent fit. And then that was just another like confirmation of, oh, this is the kind of person Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would want to work for, right? Um, Yeah, someone who's willing to wait for the right fit. So, yes. So then we scheduled a phone call. We ended and wasn't an interview. It was just kind of an initial, I guess you'd call it screening almost. And we talked for, I think it was an hour, Um, and we both, I think, didn't say it in the moment then, but just realized how like-minded and like-hearted we were. Um, 
And she's like, by the end, she said, I'd love to schedule an interview. So um, that's kind of how it unfolded. Mm-hmm. And were there any other signs that told you this is the right next thing? Or was it just sort of a consistent feeling of like ease and like it was a match? Mm, yeah, I would say just that, that it, and I always remembered that Megan of what you'd say of move toward, you know, moving toward things with ease, things that feel like they have a sense of ease. And so there was absolutely that, and that it felt like a great match. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Um, uh, I think just, just that it was a group and then, I mean, it's kind of silly, more, more surfacey things of like, it's in Selwood. I love Selwood. <laughs> like I would love, you know, to work or yeah, I'll probably never live there again, but, um, but yeah, at least work there, you know? So just things mm-hmm. that just kind of delighted my heart, I think like that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what does your work look like now? Are you working full time? Is Are you feeling any um, inklings of the stress that you were feeling at the county? Are there things that have come up again that you're like, oh, I thought this was dealt with that aren't, or is it all just mm-hmm. like, what's the picture, I guess, yeah. now without any pressure for it to be like perfect? Or no, I appreciate <laughs> Yeah, no, I really thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, no, it really... It feels wonderful. It really does. It still feels, I often will say to folks, I did this exercise with Megan where I visualize what my next job would look like, all the details from the color of the walls to what does it look like inside to what are the people like. And so many, there's several aspects of what I envisioned that literally came to fruition um, in this job. Like, I remember saying that there's plants all around and there's lots of natural light. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I work with really like my, so um, that all is true and it feels really good. Now I would say also, yes, I have had moments of where the reality that this is, even though it's not a big agency that's, you know, shoving productivity about, you know, how many clients you see and everything, you feel like you're working in a, you know, factory almost. It's not like that at all. However, this is a business that has to, you know, make money to be able to pay the bills. And we, so therefore, and by virtue of the fact that it's a private practice, we don't have all the pots of money that an agency has. So we have one, you know, the, what we get from insurance, companies. And um, so we do need to maintain a certain number of clients a week to be able to, you know, run the business and pay salaries in the way that that we most want. Um, And so I've, I totally in my mind accept that and know that and, and I'm like, yeah, that's just real. That's real about having a business. Um, But there were little, you know, moments where it kind of triggered what I used to experience in the of like, okay, productivity, productivity, productivity. But so we kind of hashed it out um, in a meeting and, and it wasn't bad. It was good. Cause Maria, she's like, I don't even want the word productivity in my vocabulary. <laughs> and she's like, I don't want you guys to be anxious about this. I don't want 
but I'm also going to be honest. Right. And mm-hmm. so she just has really struck, I think a very healthy balance, but it's, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's just, uh, that's just a reality that can be difficult sometimes, but it's become less so, mm-hmm. um, I would say. And so, um, yeah. And there's some real growth edges for me, um, in this group of, she really encourages us. We're in a group. That's why you're in a group. So we can consult with each other. And sometimes I still, I'm just, you know, there's still grow areas of growth where I, I don't reach out maybe as much as I could for consultation. Mm. Um, and then I have to check in with myself about why. And anyway, so there's room for lots of professional growth. Um, mm-hmm. And the last thing I'll say is Maria already, I feel like this is key. She sees me and values me for, for who I am as a person and what I bring to the table as a therapist as well. And she really has said that in ways to me that I, I, I really see that she, she sees and values me, um, for the things that I also value want to grow in. And so she's already encouraging me to in professional development to um, pursue being, you know, certified as a, as a supervisor, a clinical supervisor for mm-hmm. other um, for social workers wanting to get licensed. So I'm thinking about, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that um, next summer. So mm-hmm. um it just feels good. You know, it's not only as a place that I'm planted now and it's rich in its soil, so to speak, but it's also a place where I think new things will sprout. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what I, that's how I would describe it. Yeah. <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you're here and you're planted here now, as you look at, you know, Aaron from December of 2020, or when you were first exploring leaving, mm-hmm. how do you feel like you've changed between now and then? <laughs> a whole heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel it in my body. I just feel I'm just altogether, not to overuse the word, but I just altogether more grounded, more expanded within myself within who I am in my vocation, as well as outside of my vocation. And I'm somebody who, um, no, I definitely have boundaries between work and the outside, my outside of work life. But what I do in this life is very much a big part of who I am as well. And what I put out into the world, Um, so I just feel much more, um, at home, I, I would say in myself and connected, like aligned. Um, and by virtue of that, then I have more of a sense of ease and confidence in my day-to-day life. And, and just by my nervous system is not, I mean, yeah, we're human. I'm a human. (laughs) So I have stress. And so yeah, my nervous system, you know, and my job, yes, still can be stressful at times with certain clients with certain situations. But I would say it is like one. I mean, it, it is a tiny, tiny bit compared to what it was in terms of my nervous system. And, um, 
how it was impacting my thought life, my emotional life, all of it. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I feel just like a much more peaceful and confident person Mm -hmm. (laughs) embodied (laughs) like the word Mm -hmm. going back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. much more embodied. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's so beautifully put. What would you recommend to either yourself back then or someone else who's feeling like maybe they're in a role that's higher acuity than they really want or they're noticing health impacts because of the stress they're under or they know that they want to make a change but they don't want it to just be lateral? Like, Where do you feel like some of the starting points for you were that you Mm. could recommend to others? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just listening, checking in with yourself, not ignoring it, listening and giving that part of you that is speaking um, a chance to express itself. Um, Yes to yourself, but I would say really pulling in a trusted person um, to share that with, I wish everybody could have a Megan (laughs) to walk (laughs) alongside them. But I, I think what I would say is listen to that. Don't be afraid of it. Um, obviously with like, with my story, there's no rush, right? It's not like, Oh, if you listen to that, then you have to make a change right now or tomorrow or next month. It just means, something in you is speaking and it's okay to listen. It's, um, I would just say, trust, trust it and not be afraid. Um, and to believe that it's there for a reason. And I think, I guess I'm speaking mostly to mental health professionals, but others too, and any sort of people helping profession where the acuity is too high and you feel like the, 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 it's too heavily weighted and it's pushing you down. That's not how we're meant to be. It's not how we're meant to function. And it is beyond okay. It is to look for a way where you can actually thrive because that's what the world needs. That's what we need. Sorry. I'm now I'm going on on a, (laughs) my little soapbox here, but no, like I just, we do, we need, I, I I'll say this, I'll try to be succinct. So it, it, I thought that while leaving community mental health, I'm leaving being able to help those who are most marginalized. And that's true. And I mean, there's truth to that, but I was drowning and so slowly. And so what good is that going to do anyone? And so I've realized in this role, I'm thriving. I can way more fully give of myself and my job, which makes a huge difference. Um, And I feel like I'm actually helping part of empowering the people that I see to then go out and do what they need to do in the world. You know, Um, not that I wasn't helping before, but this just, there's just, very much different quality to it. Um, um, so I've come to realize, no, this is maybe the other is a little bit more about ego and, and this is, you know, I don't know, there's more to probably unpack there, but, um, 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Thank you for saying that and just affirming people who are feeling that pull, but you know, it either feels scary because it, they think it means there needs to be a change now or are also feeling guilty about leaving a place where they know people are struggling and they're seeing the impacts of just this wider like culture and system that we're in. So thank you for speaking to that. So Aaron, do you mind sharing a little bit about where people could either learn more about you or if they're in Oregon or the Portland area yeah. needing some support, how they could learn about the practice that you're in? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the name of it uh, is Moving Forward, Staying Present. And we have what, there's eight of us in our group. So um, yeah, we all see people, um, various, I'd say, I mean, with each clinician kind of has their own um, specialty or array of, of things that they see. But I, I would say that, um, you know, the things that often people are seeking support for anxiety, depression, trauma related things, relational issues, all of that stuff is stuff that I, um, that we support people with. And I really, um, strongly recommend, um, every clinician in our, <laughs> in our group. Um, and so, yeah, if you just, you can go, if, if that is of interest to you or someone, you know, uh, you can go to our website and, you know, kind of get a feel for the, the vibe of the group and the clinicians. Uh, and then there's, of course, a way to um, contact us um, if you are uh, interested in looking for mental health support. Yeah. Great. Thanks. I'll put the website in the show notes so people have that too. Oh, wonderful. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Erin, for just sharing very openly about your process and I think just like giving people an example of like that I think the thing for me that stands out is just the reminder that leaving something that's familiar without another known thing mm. is possible and it's okay, okay and you didn't die, you know, like, <laughs> I feel like we, yes. we can really go there. We're like, the mind uh -huh. is like, I cannot entertain that. And I just am so inspired by your fortitude and your courage to just stick with it and listen to that voice, even though it wasn't maybe going on the timeline that, you know, the mind or culture would have you know, liked or whatever, but just, I'm just so inspired by your very organic, trusting, just beautiful process. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. For, <laughs> yeah. Um, being like entirely instrumental in the whole thing. So um, yeah, no, my pleasure to share with folks and um, yeah. Thank you so much. Mm. And thank you to all of you tuning in. I will be back with you in two weeks with another episode. Take such good care and I'll see you on the other side. 